0: Well, good evening. How are we all doing? We're almost there. It's halfway of the week over. We have this saying at our workplace because I work, uh, I work four tens. So I do this thing. It's like day one of four, day two of four, day three of four, and then it's like today was day three of four. So that's how I remember. Um, turn, if you would, to Psalm chapter forty-two. And verse number eleven, Father, Lord, you know my heart. Lord, you know that this is going to be a little bit of a little bit of a complicated one for me. And Father, nothing is complicated for you. Lord, you are all powerful, and I'm nothing. And you asked me to preach this, so Father, I pray that your power would be present and not mine. Father, I pray that you would be high lifted up and not me father put me out of the way and let your light so shine before men father i pray that i'd be a worthy vessel to you father be with my speech lord i pray that you would be with my etiquette and father the way that i frame words lord that you'd be high and lifted up through it and thank you father once again for allowing me to do this in jesus name amen all right <clears throat> Psalms, chapter 42, verse number 11. It says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. We live in a hopeless world. And by hopeless, I mean it's naturally without hope because they don't know the author of hope. And this world is full of hopeless people. We look at the situation a couple of years ago. I mean, it was pretty bleak. I mean, look at us. We didn't have any services. And through that, I saw a lot of Christians become entirely hopeless. They forgot who's in charge. And tonight, I pray that you would walk away with a little bit of hope. And that's the title of this message, if I didn't clarify that enough. Um, and point number one is why are you cast down? Let's say you have a really good reason for you to be cast down. All right, what does that look like? What does it look like for you to be cast down? What situation are you in right now where you are faced with a problem that you don't know how to solve? And you look at that problem and you're like, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what I'm doing. I am distraught. I am distressed. I am discouraged. I am depressed, I am anxiety-ridden, and anxiety-driven. And judging by the passage here, as David was, you're hopeless. Hopeless not in the sense that you can't be fixed, but hopeless in the sense that you've forgotten where your hope comes from. And that's very peculiar, seeing how Psalms is supposed to be a very comforting book. It is, and the reason why it is, and the, thing, the reason why I think it is, anyhow, is because a couple years ago I came to this conclusion, David had a lot of depression. <laughs> he was depressed a lot of the times, and I would be too. Look at the, his situations. I mean, he was on the run from his own son. He was constantly on the run from Saul. He was constantly like, in war, in battle, in conflict. He was always in the thick of it. The Bible describes him as a bloody man. He had to be a bloody man if he was going to survive. And God enabled him to do that. But it wore on him. And in a world where we are constantly fighting, and it seems like we're constantly fighting people, what we're actually fighting is the prince and power of the air. We're fighting against... The devil, Satan, and his forces were fighting against them, but the devil is very good at making us think that it's people. And that's when our situation becomes hopeless, because we have put it in a carnal frame, rather than putting it in a spiritual context. And that's when we start to become hopeless. That's what hopelessness looks like. Why are you cast down? Examine. Are you cast down? Sometimes we don't even realize we're cast down until we start making stupid decisions. And then we're like, why am, I, why am I making these stupid decisions? Oh, I know it's because I'm stressed out about this thing. It's not always on the, it's not always apparent. Sometimes you have to like, really look for it. And the devil likes to poke that knife in and just dig it through. And he'll do it in crafty ways. Let's look a little further in the passage. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? I find it funny. O my soul. David's recognizing that it's a spiritual problem. He's not recognizing that it's a physical problem. Look at the earlier bits in the passage. Look at, the, look at um, verse number 6. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember the land of Jordan and from the Hermonites and from the hill of Mazar. Deep call unto deep noise of the water spouts and the waves of the billows have gone over me. He's talking about this stress, this anxiety that is over him. I find it very funny because that's what it feels like, you know, when you're depressed, when you're anxious. It feels like you're being drowned. It feels like you're being pulled under. And David knew that, but he knew where his strength was. He didn't trust his own strength. And that's where Christians mess up. They forget where their strength comes from. Why are you disquieted? That's point number two for note takers out there. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? The word disquieted means unsettled. Or disturbed, something has jostled you. You're not stabilized. You're tilting a little bit. You're a bit wibbly and wobbly. You don't know where your, where your footing is. I've been in a couple of fist fights. You know, the first thing that goes is your feet, if you're not careful. If you're standing, like, if you're standing in a good position, you're going to have, and your knees are bent, and you know, you've got an athletic pose, you're going to be a bit more stable. But when he starts rocking you back and forth, you start to realize, oh, my footing is getting a little messed up. I'm a little wobbly. I'm a little dodgy. I don't know where I'm going. And with this method, I can easily fall. Where's your footing at? Where's your foundation, people? Because sometimes we hope in the wrong things. We hope in things. We hope in people. People fail. Things fail. Stuff is not here forever. You can't take it with you. (laughs) So what's the point in trusting in it? Horses propelled against the day of battle. Yeah, that horse is going to have a lame foot one day. And safety is going to be of the Lord. Why are you disquieted? In order to fix the problem that is in your life, the reason why you are disquieted, the reason that you are disturbed, the reason why you do not have balance, in order to fix that problem, you must first identify that there is a problem. You must identify, you must acknowledge the fact that you are messed up somewhere. And boy, is that hard sometimes. My goodness, oh my goodness. Some people know me. Some people don't. Let me fill in the people who don't. Sometimes I could be a little arrogant. <laughs> I can be a little pompous, and I can, I can be so filled with knowledge that I forget the, where my actual strength lies. I can trust my head very easily. What you trust in it? Hmm? Where are you going? You must acknowledge that there is a problem. You must acknowledge it. Otherwise, you're not going to fix it. Can't fix what you don't know is broken. So you put your hope in all these other things You're cast down because of your problems. You're cast down by your situation. You find a little deeper that it's because you're you're disquieted. You're not settled right. So what's the solution? Where is the solution? Point number three. Hope thou in God. You mean, despite my current state of despair, depression, anxiety, I should hope in God. A concept, a construct, as the lost world would call it. I've been listening to a lot of scholars recently, scholars, quote, unquote, And I've been listening to a lot of them and what they've been saying and stuff like that. A lot of them are delving into the Bible and saying, hey, this thing looks like it's true. And I'm like, no, duh. And I'm like, that's amazing that you guys are finally figuring this out after how many decades? Um, But they root themselves in their own knowledge. They root themselves in their head. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, you know. And that's what we do. So often that's what we do. We accepted Christ as our Savior, have access to the most powerful thing that has ever existed in mortal hands. God's word and we don't pick it up, and we don't receive that hope. We don't have it in our heads because our hearts and our minds are not spiritually minded, naturally. You have to put yourself in that mindset. Otherwise, you're going to be, whoa, 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 disquieted. You mean despite my current state of despair, I'm supposed to hope in God? Yes. Why? Well, first, let's identify what hope is. According to the Robert Caudry's 1604 Dictionary, the definition of hope is the feeling that what is wanted can be had, or that events will turn out for the best. And I, and I put these in here, too, because I found these fascinating. Uh, that's, that's definition number one, by the by. Definition number six is looking forward to with desire and reasonable confidence. And number seven is to believe, desire, or trust. Hmm. Where is your hope, guys? Where is your hope, Gabe? Mm. Does this mean that David is saying That he, despite his current circumstances, can indeed trust that God has the situation well in hand. Yes. How? Because of David's previous experiences. Because David has something to lean on. God has not abandoned him. By no means. God has brought him through the problems, through the situations, through Saul hunting him, through David and Goliath, he fought a giant. Beings that were known for their incredible strength and also for being very tall boys. Um, But that's beside the point. Incredibly strong, incredibly skilled in combat. And he went up against one as a young guy with God's help well I defeated a lion and I defeated a bear and I defeated a giant and Saul hasn't killed me yet so God's not done with me so my situation isn't as bad as I thought why am I cast down why am I disquieted I got so much to hope for. God's not done with me yet. I'm not six foot under, are you? God's got something in store. And we don't know it yet. But whatever it is, it's got to be something good. Oh, I think there's a verse about that. Over and over and over again, God's promises are found true. God's promises are trustworthy. He's not a man that he should lie. We skew God so many times with the idea of man because we're stuck in such a mortal state. We get wrapped up so tightly around the, the pole of mortality that we have no inkling sometimes as to what's going on around us spiritually. Yeah, what I in, what the devil intended for evil, God will use for good. What God will use for good, and we forget that. We forget that God will use the problems in our life for good rather than for evil. And though it hurts right now, though it hurts right now, there is hope. There's always hope. take care of you. If you want him to. If you don't want him to take care of the situation, he won't force his way. You've got to let him. You've got to let him take care of it. You've got to want to hope. You've got to want to believe that there is something that God is doing for your benefit All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. We don't understand right now what is going on, but if we look up a little bit, our redemption draws nigh. The future isn't so bleak as we think. Why? Because we know the ending. We know what's going to happen. Mind you, we don't know all the details that go along the way. But we know that all things work together for good. Hope. Hope there's a better tomorrow. Don't dwell on the situations of the now. Don't dwell on the situations and the problems and the the people you think are causing the problems. What they tend for evil, God will use for good. And the benefits of that far outweigh the benefits that I will get from worrying over this. He won't forget you. Sometimes we feel so alone. And we feel like no one's there, even in a crowd of people ever notice that sometimes you can be the most alone when you're around a giant crowd of people but God doesn't forget you he's right there he sees you where you're at why are you cast down O my soul and why art thou disquieted within me Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. He's our health. You ever notice when you're stressed, you feel worse? You ever notice when you're really bogged down, it just seems like everything hurts more? I don't know about you, but sometimes I wake up in the morning and I wish I didn't. <laughs> you know, when you like, you wake up and you're full of pain and everything riddled around every once in a while, and you're like, I don't want to get up, and I think I'm going to stay in bed. And you're like, I wish I could go back to sleep, but I got to go to work. And you kind of do that half-hearted roll out the bed and you feel like your, your life is just about to end if you just stand up and you know that dizzy feeling that you get and then you feel like you're about to plop back onto the bed. But you know if you do, you're going to go back to sleep, so you kind of you know, force your way up. Anyhow, this, <clears throat> even in that, God's got it. You know, it's funny if you think about it. Pain is a good thing because pain is a reminder that your body's working. Isn't that funny? The very thing that we think is against us is the very thing that's warning us of a problem. Huh, that's funny. God uses that for good. The thing that we think is worse is the thing that God's using to deliver us the Israelites know about that. The question is, at the end of the night, where's your hope? Who is it in? What is it in? I pray that it's in God. I pray that it's in God. If not, you're in for a rough ride. open God. That's how you're going to get out of it. Father, I thank you for the night. I Thank you, Father, once again for your mercy and for your grace. Father, we don't deserve it, but Lord, you saw it fit to give it to us. I pray, Lord, that this message would be a blessing to somebody, and I pray, Father, that you would be high and lifted up through it. In Jesus' name, amen.